Praise Jesus. Man, I'm glad y'all are here this morning. This morning, I'm glad everybody's tuned in. Um, I want to pray before we go into it. You know, I just like you get stirred up about everything. And so I don't want to preach to you out of my head this morning. I'm going to preach to you by the by the anointing of God. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus name, I believe you for a miracle, Lord, that you're going to be your word this morning out to the people, not my words, Lord. I, I, I couldn't heal a gnat. I can't do anything, Lord. I'm just me. But Lord, I just declare that by the anointing of God today, that the, the word of God is shared. Your, your message goes across to the people. They hear today what they need to hear, Lord. That it, wherever, no matter what I say, they hear what they need to hear. Whatever they're going through, whatever's taking place in life, and Lord, I just thank you for it. I thank you now to rejoice in the Holy Spirit. You got it in charge. You got it all under, uh, under control. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so praise the Lord. Um, you know, if you're, a, if you're a first-time viewer or your first time here in church, you know, uh, uh, you got to know a little bit about me. I'm, I'm not a mean person. I, I love people. I want to see people get saved. I want to see people come to know Jesus. I, 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 am, I am not a necessarily political person. You know, I'm not. I've told you all this whole thing over the last few months. I believe what's going on in America. I believe what's coming on with the election doesn't have anything to do with Republicans and Democrats, doesn't have anything to do with conservatives and liberals. It has something to do with the kingdom of heaven being upon this earth or the kingdom of darkness come upon this earth. And, and I believe that with all of my heart. So if, you, if you're a first-time watcher, first-time listener, and uh, first-time here, you know, don't get, don't get all offended. I'm not trying to offend people, but I'm going to say some things this morning that are just going to have to just be said, all right? Now, most of y'all that are here in church, you're here in church, and you've come to church, or you've tuned in the broadcast because you have been following us, and you, 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 you do know what we stand for and what we believe, and uh, so, I mean, I'm kind of like preaching to the choir. But then again, if you, 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 you're getting this for the first time, well, then you may be saying, this guy's nuts. And so <clears throat> I am a little crazy, but I'm crazy for Jesus. I love Jesus with all of my heart. I've said this before over and over again. I love the kingdom of heaven because it's a kingdom of righteousness. I do not mind the day that I come that I stand before the judgment seat of Christ and stand before righteous King Jesus, and he examines my life and what I've done and what I've said and what I've what, whatever's taking place. I, I, I'm not scared at all because he's righteous. He's not going to judge me wrong. It's not going to be Jesus has some, says, well, Robert, you know, you did this. And you say, yeah, but Lord, you don't understand the circumstance. You didn't really get all the information. Somebody's lied. It's not really the truth. I don't have to worry about that. It's under righteous King Jesus. Amen. And so I love the kingdom of God. I love righteousness. And like Jesus said, he loved righteousness, but he hated evil. All right. He hated evil. So all of a sudden, church, listen, uh, I, us, us, us American Christians have had it so easy in life. We have been rocking along since basically uh, the Revolutionary War. And in our faith and belief in Jesus, we've been rocking along and had it so easy. You just go to church, you go to any church, you, you go to the Baptist church, you go to the Methodist church, you go to the Episcopal church, you go to this church. You know, it's like going to Baskin Robbins, whatever flavor of ice cream you like, man, you can go get it. Hello? You want the Hallelujah church. You want the, the, the tambourine whacking church. You want the more quite subtle church. You go find whatever you want and you just walk through the doors. Amen. Variety has all been out there. Okay. And then, you know, of course, us stupid Christians, we go to arguing amongst ourselves. Who's right? We've been going through this and that's been our biggest battles. How much water are we going to use? Are you supposed to clap in church? Are you supposed to have music or not? Or this or that? has been the biggest fights and arguments we've had as Christians. And now all of a sudden, church, I'm telling you, this has gotten real. Listen to me. This has gotten real. This right now, election time, is showing you what the hearts of so many of the American people are. You're seeing right now that there's you know, uh, you know, there's 300. I'm, I'm just giving big figures here. There's roughly 300 million people in America and you've seen it split right down the middle. And you got certain amount of people couldn't vote. And you got 70 million voted one way and 70 million voted the other. So that means you got 70 million for you or 70 million against you. Hello. And I preached a message and I, I can't get into it Wednesday night. It was a very prophetic message. It was very timely, very good Wednesday night. Go look at the message uh, go back and, and watch that broadcast if you want to hear more about all that. But all of a sudden now, this has gotten really real 
Because all of a sudden you're seeing something happen. First of all, let me just tell you a few things, church. I want you to understand the, the, the media does not call elections. Are y'all hearing me? The media doesn't call elections. CNN, Fox, MSNBC, they do not get together and say, oh, this is the president. They don't do that. They do in third world countries. They do run in countries where it's state-run media, and the media feeds you the people what they want you to hear. We've joked so long about, not joked, but use it as a, you know, an acronym saying banana republics, when golly, it sure seems to me like America's acting just like a banana republic right now. I don't know about y'all. I haven't been on, on the earth as long as some of you have. Some of y'all have seen a few more elections than me, but... I've never seen one where, you know, by 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, the election wouldn't call. I've never seen it in a time and place where somebody says, well, well, we'll count those ballots later. Oh, a pipe broke and we can't get the ballots counted. There's fishy stuff going on, folks. There's some underhanded, sneaky something going on. And this has not been a free election. It looks like something out of a third world country. And I'm embarrassed for America. The world is looking at us. The world is looking at us. Do you realize, folks, how much that America is the last stronghold of, of freedom? Why does everybody want to come to America? Because of freedom. You can go do whatever you want to. This is the last place of freedom. And now, the way it's been done is underhanded, sneaky, lying, deceptive. You're going to do what we want you to do, whether you want it or not. So all of a sudden, it's gotten real in America. All of a sudden, it's gotten really, really real. This is no more, oh, well, a conspiracy theory. We're seeing it played out before us, all right? Now, you may say, I mean, I know, like I'm saying, I know I'm kind of preaching to the crowd, but people may say, well, preacher, you know, you need to stick to the Bible and you need to get out of, stay out of politics and think, no, no, no. I have a responsibility to lead y'all as the, 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 the sheep of Living Waters Church and as the under pastor under Jesus to, to try to direct y'all and, and keep y'all from getting slaughtered. That's my job. All right. And so it, it's interesting that if you go back and you look in uh, uh, history, because history is great to look at, right? We can go back and you can see history and you can see, you know, perfect 2020 vision. It passed on April the 18th of 1775. Paul Revere rode through the streets. We all know it. Every kid's gone through school. Well, used to. <laughs> Did a play about Paul Revere, right? Do you know where he was riding to? Anybody ever thought about this? Paul Revere was riding to... Uh, a man's house named Pastor Jonas Clark. That's whose house he was going to. Because in the pastor's house of that town was John Hancock and John Adams. Paul Revere was riding to the pastor's house. The reason why is the pastor, Jonas Clark, was head of the Minutemen in Lexington. You go back and you study our history you go back and study our history. There was pastors who sent their parishioners to the church. <laughs> this is great. To get hymnals because they, had, they were running out of wadding to put in the barrels of their rifle. And they tore up hymnals. And so I got to think, man, that's truly shooting the word of God. <laughs> and they cut up hymnals to get wadding for bullets. But Pastor Clark, Pastor Jonas Clark, he led the men of his church to the battle that took place at Lexington where we hear the shot that was fired around the world, right? And he stood his men up on the hill facing the British soldiers who were the highest trained professional soldiers of the day. He lined his men up from the church, church people, lined them all up and told them, don't fire. Do not shoot. You stand here and you do not fire till they fired. 
And of course, the British officer Gage, who was in that battle, he turned it all around and he lied. And he tried to make it out that the Americans were the ones that fired the first shot that they were fired at from a house, but it was all been proven that that's all a lie. They'd sorted out in a lie. But the pastor stood there with his men because he was in charge of the Minutemen. And he stood there and when they came and they fired the first shot, then the battle was on. He made a statement, which is something that I know you'll recognize. He's, when when, when uh, the General Gage called the, and told them to lay their arms down and to give up and to surrender and get out of the way, of course, they had been savagely killing people all along the way, burning churches and villages and all this kind of stuff. And so they wouldn't lay down their arms. And his response to them was, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. Folks, we're in a day right now that those words ring ever true. That we serve, we recognize no sovereign, and we serve no king but Jesus. Right now, Christians have got to become Christians. Hear what I'm saying? This is no, this is no society. This is no little club. Christians have got to recognize, understand, grow up, and realize that we are the army of God on the face of this earth for righteousness and for his will to be done. Are y'all hearing me? Our greatest weapon that we have is our voice and our actions. But we also have to understand that we or should be empowered by the Holy Spirit and unstoppable. All right? This that we're seeing isn't about, listen to me, it's not about political parties. This is about light and dark. It's our job to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's our job. All right? So we have to get to this place. We have to get ourselves awake. The church has to wake up. We have to realize, okay, it wasn't that easy. We didn't just go cast a ballot and, 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 it's, and, and then Trump's going to take care of it and then he's going to protect us and they're going to take care of us and we can just go on back to our lives. No, we're going to have to get our hands dirty. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? We're going to have to get our hands dirty. You got to understand something, what's, what's happening right here. Listen to me. I'm not against the person of the candidacy of Biden-Harris. I'm not like, I don't like, I don't even know Joe Biden. Y'all with me? But I know this. I know this, the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then I can't be for it. You got to understand something. It's not that I'm against Democrats. It's that they're against the Word. It's not that I'm against them as a candidate or whatever. I'm against it because it doesn't, they don't line up with the Word of God. You've got to understand something, church. We as Christians have to hold our ground and say, we're not going to live in a world governed by Things that take us so far off of the word of God that it is ridiculous. And you don't just get to go out there, have all kinds of election fraud, then have the media declare you as president and think that I'm going to accept it. Jake Tapper's not calling my president. Do you hear what I'm saying? But do you hear, do you see, and this is why I just want to jump up and down and scream. Do you see that they're doing it all? And then they're saying like, okay, y'all need, okay, let's all be peaceful and y'all need to accept this. Am I, do they think I'm stupid or what? Do they think the American people are going to lay down and take this? There's no way. Now, I've seen a lot of things and this is some of the things I want to, you know, just kind of throw out there because I don't want to get into all of this, but I believe that President Trump, he's still the president of the United States of America. This, nobody is, is put into presidency until in January, what is it, 16th, something like that. Okay, so, so you know, th th this hadn't gone down, but there's a lot of things going on, and I, I'm praying, and I want y'all's prayers on this, that all of the, the darkness and the wickedness would be exposed and that we would see the move of God come across the land, right? Man, I want to, I, I, I'm saying this kind of ugly, but I want to see some people drug out on the streets on this. 
I mean, I'm like, get a rope, okay? And I want you to be praying with me and be in agreement because our stance is I want the darkness and the wickedness to be revealed and to be exposed. And everybody that's sitting there, and, and, and this is, I don't mean this in a vulgar sense, but God says it all throughout the scripture. I want their skirt to get blown up. That's what he says. I want, I want to expose your nakedness and blow your skirt up and that you'll see, you'll be ashamed at what you've done. Now, I believe with all of my heart that folks, listen to me, you're about to see the greatest move of God in your lifetime for sure, but I believe upon the face of the earth since the resurrection of Christ. You're about to see a move of God because I believe there's 70 million people this morning who are thinking just like I am. I believe there's 70 million people up on this earth that are crying out and saying, Lord, this isn't right. And I believe 70 million Christians are going to be speaking and crying out. And I believe something's going to happen. I believe in the move of God and I believe you're going to see it. Now, the thing is, I want to explain to you this morning. I want to show you. Um, and let me just say this before I get in there, because I want to show you what I think it's going to look like. I've been telling the church for so long. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I want to tell you this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit showed me something. I want to show you what I believe it's going to look like. But before I say that, I just want you to know, I wrote down, and it's in my Wednesday message, I wrote down the vision for the next four years. Okay, I'm making my State of the Union address to you of what we're going to do for the next four years, no matter what. If I've got to be shooting out of one hand and preaching out of the other, bless God, don't make any difference. This is a, uh, uh, these are five things I'm going to do. Number one is we're going to preach the gospel around here. We're not going to get off the gospel. You're not going to get me off the word. You can't get me to quit. I'm going to preach the gospel because the way I look at it is with the vote going on, that if half of the nation voted for Trump, those people need to be encouraged. So I'm going to do everything I can to increase the radio, the broadcast, the, the, the radio stations everywhere I can to preach the gospel and tell people, hey, hang in there. Come on. Let's keep fighting. All right. The second thing we're going to do is I'm going to fund missionaries everywhere in the world that are preaching the gospel. OK, already this week, I've given away more money than we have in, 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 in a while because I just called up every missionary and said, what do you need? What's going on? What's taking place? Bought cars, buying this, taking care of maintenance needs, doing all this. Just I'm throwing money, man. I'm going to, you, you, like I've, I've always said about this church, you're not going to catch us with, with you know, CDs. What good would that do anyway? Uh, third thing is, we're going to build an army of evangelists. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to build you as an army of evangelists to go out there that y'all are going to be anointed and blessed that everywhere you go, you're going, to, you're going to get people saved. You're going to tell people about Jesus. People's lives are going to be changed and transformed because of you. Not because of me, but because of you, because of who's in you. The fourth thing is we're going to flow in the power of God around here. We're going to believe for signs, wonders, and miracles. We're going to learn and operate in the power of God, and we're going to see miracles like you've never seen miracles before. The fifth thing that we're going to do is I just want to tell you I'm going to stand fast against the enemy. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stand here. They're not going to get me. You know, they're not going to get me. They're not going to stop me. They're not going to shut me off. If they try to shut me off, I'll find some other avenue. I'm not going to quit preaching. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach and preach till there's no more breath within my lungs. Okay? We're not closing the doors of the church. We are going to be open. We're going to stay open no matter what. And they're not going to stop it. If I have to tear the walls out of the church, we'll tear the walls out of the church to keep preaching, but we're not going to stop the gospel. Do you realize the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is shut down around the world? When, you talk to, when I talk to Pastor Wynn over in Wales, they're shut down. They cannot leave their house. They cannot see their family. They cannot go to church. When you, when you, when uh, all of Ireland, the whole country is shut down, there is nobody serving. Even Catholics aren't even serving mass. There is nothing going on. They're shut down. The church is being stopped. Everybody, listen, the devil is wanting the church to shut up. And so when the devil wants me to shut up, I'm going to scream louder. And so should you. All right. So I want to show you this. Um, holy cow, where'd it go? Right, row. Come on. Hey, let me see this one. Having electronic problems this morning. Okay. So, come on, you're down there somewhere. There you are. Okay, here we go. I want you to go. That's the wrong message. Well, I'm trying not to use my glasses. Okay, here we go. John 12, 42. Go to John 12, 42. John 12, 42. Here's where we're going. It says here, 
Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praises of men more than the praise of God. So there was this group of people that believed in Jesus, but they didn't want to confess Jesus because they didn't want to be thrown out of the temple because they, they wanted to be pleasing to men more than they wanted to be pleasing to God. This is the day and time that you have to get down and you just don't care about anything, but are you pleasing God? Hear me, church. You don't want any other goal in front of you, but are you pleasing God? Forget about pleasing men. Forget about, about, about trying to you know, make everybody like you. You only want to care about one person liking you, and that's Jesus. Amen? So there's people out there that are too scared to say that. There's pastors that won't preach from the pulpits because they're too scared of what's going to happen with their people, that they're going to offend somebody, or they're going to lose something, they're going to lose money, or they're going to lose this, but that's got to stop. That has got to stop, man. It's got to come to an end. We need to be pleasers of God. Hello? That needs to be the focus of your heart. The second thing is here, Proverbs 14, 34. Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness, it says, exalts a nation. Do you hear? see that? Righteousness exalts a nation. Not lying, cheating, deceptive, not being good to everybody, not socialism, not communism, none of that stuff. No, no, no. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Folks, listen to me. You cannot lie and get ahead. You cannot cheat and get ahead. Listen to me. In your own life, you cannot lie and cheat and be unrighteous and think the blessing of God's going to be upon you. You can't hate. I don't hate the people that are involved in this. I believe they're deceived. I believe they're being given place to seducing spirits. But I do not hate them, but I'm going to stand up in front of them and, and wave in like this saying, you're going the wrong way. You know, get off the track. You're going the wrong way. That's going to be the greatest cry of an evangelist in the days ahead. You're going the wrong way. Folks, and that's what we got to do. We, 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 we have just candy-coated it so much, and we've just, well, you know, we don't want to, you know, I know that, they, you know, they don't believe just like I believe in, you know, do they believe in God? And we've just been, just been, you know, tippy-toeing around. But we got to get vocal. we got to get loud and say, no, you're not going to do that. That's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. Because righteousness is what exalts a nation. We have got to become kingdom-minded. Now listen to me. I, I, I have to look at the big picture. You have to look at the big picture. The big picture is that the United States stands in the world as a light and a beacon of hope to the world. Right now, there's, all you, there's, there's, there's videos out everywhere that, are, that you can look at of people from Serbia and, 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 and different countries that are sending stuff over that from the Eastern Bloc countries that have lived under communism, socialism, and, and what took place and the horrors they've been through and the murders and the killings and the lies and the cheatings and the bad presidents and all this, standing up saying, America, don't do it. What are you doing? You don't have a free election. Don't give in. If you give in, you'll never get it back. I can tell you because of our history. Okay, that's just being screamed out all over the Internet of the world, watching us saying, don't go, don't stop. What are you doing? But we got to understand there's a kingdom principle here. The kingdom principle is we're not. Listen, I'm an American, but I am. I'm just passing through. My kingdom is heaven. The day I got saved and born again, I was headed to heaven. Heaven is my kingdom where my father is God and my brother is in charge. Are y'all with me? I am temporarily living here for the time of the Gentiles so that we can preach the gospel and that people can get saved and that souls can come with us to heaven. I like America. I love Texas. I love living in the hill country. Hello? I'm glad this is where God put me. But I want to tell you something. I look more forward to heaven. And the kingdom principle is, Revelations 11:15 says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ and, shall, and he shall reign forever. This, 
world belongs to God and Jesus is king and he's going to come back a second time to put down everything. Hello. But we're still to be managing the kingdom for him. Are you following me? I want you to go to Luke 19. Luke 19, 11. I want to read this parable to you. And I believe it's going to bring some clarity to you of what I'm talking about. It says, now, they, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So when Jesus was on earth, everybody thought that he was just going to kick out the Romans in Jerusalem, walk up, sit down. He was going to be king and the kingdom was going to be established. He, they never looked at the kingdom of God in the world sense. Are y'all with me? So they thought the kingdom of God was just going to appear immediately. So Jesus gives them this parable. He says, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants and delivered unto them 10 minas. And he said to them, do business till I come. But the citizens hated him and they sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. Okay. Jesus comes onto the earth. Because he has risen from the dead, because he has defeated death, hell, and the grave, he's in charge. And he sends out us, his servants, with a certain amount of influence. Some got 10, some got five, one got one. He sent his servants out with a certain amount of influence to go and to reign in this, his kingdom. But it's his kingdom. Jesus has already bought and paid for the kingdom of light to be on this earth the kingdom of heaven to be on this earth by his blood. And you're his stewards. And to each one of you, he's given a certain allotment of authority, of however you want to look at this, uh, uh, of influence. Each and every one of you, you know certain amount of people. You do certain amount of business. You go certain places. You, you go places you know people that I don't know. But you know what always amazes me? It's a small world. You know, I've, I've seen, I've met people before that, you know, if you start talking to them long enough, you end up finding some kind of connection somehow around, you know? But you have a certain influence. But did you notice that there, there was the, the citizens of that country, they didn't want Jesus reigning over them. And that's what's happening right now. The people that want to do darkness and want to do wickedness, they hate this Bible. Because this Bible stands as a, as a giant shining neon light flashing to them that that is wrong, don't do it. And they want to get rid of it because they think if they get rid of it, then they don't have to look at it, then they can do whatever they want to do. So this Bible's got to get out. Oh, well, if the Bible goes, what about you? If the Bible goes, what about you? Folks, any time any country has gone in to a change of regime. Now, there's no doubt. There's no doubt to me that what wants to take place right now, because it's out of their own mouths, that they fundamentally want to change America. So how, how do you fundamentally change a Christian nation? You've got to get rid of the Christians. And already I've seen members of Congress calling for there to be a list compiled of who is a Trump supporter. And I'm like, uh, what? Folks, if you go look at, just go look at history. Just go, go look at any history in, 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 in any of the Eastern Bloc countries. Those people came in there, they stole an election, they put in a puppet master, and then they spent about 10 years killing off everybody that wouldn't agree with them. And there was no, well, do you want to change? If you want to change, you can change. No, it was shoot that person. And now all of a sudden we're compiling a list of people who supported a president? What? That's coming out of somebody's mouth? You see, we're a little, we're, and <clears throat> I've heard this, I've read stories about this, that, that the most dangerous punch in a fight, because I've, I've never experienced much of that, is... <laughs> the sucker punch. You see, you can defend against any other punch when you're standing there facing your opponent and you know what, what's going on. You, you, you can block, you can do whatever you need to do. But the most dangerous punch is the sucker punch, the one you get punched with that you're not expecting. 
The one that comes up behind you and breaks a beer bottle over the back of your head. The one that's out there that just comes from the side, you're looking over here and boom. Because when you get sucker punched, you weren't ready for it. And I think a lot of Americans have been sitting back and we just got sucker punched. I think we just got like, what? And there's a lot of people just saying, that, well, I don't understand. They can't do that. And they don't know what to do now. And I'm giving you some direction on what to do. You better get ready because they hate your guts. And they want to take you out back and kill you. Hear me? You say, oh, that can't take place. Only thing that's going to stop them is we got guns. It's the only thing that's going to hold them back. Because you just look at, look at history. That's what they did in every other country. But they got to get our guns first. And you give them up, then you're going to just be lined up and shot. End of story. Now, I pray the rapture takes place before that, but I can't guarantee you that. I can't guarantee you that. I know the rapture is going to take place before the tribulation gets here, because I, I, I plainly believe that's what the scriptures tell, but I don't know when that all events take place and how hot it gets around here before. So, best thing to do is be prepared. My mom always told me, you're leaving, you better be prepared. Going on a trip, you better be prepared. So I best, I'm prepared. Anyway, they don't like, the citizens don't like him. They hate him. But he tells them, do business till I come. But the citizens that hated him, and they, and they sent a delegation saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded his servants to whom had been given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So listen to me. In this parable, in all parables Jesus told, he used simple illustrations to try to explain the real point. The real point is each and every one of you as Christians have been given a certain amount of authority, certain amount of responsibility by being a Christian and you have to do something with that and you're going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for that. And I can't help you. You can't look over your shoulder and say, Pastor, Pastor, can you come in here, come over here a minute? I, was, <laughs> I have to give an account of all of y'all that I preach to you and tell you good news and preach you, to you the gospel truth, but you're going to have to give an account to Jesus of your own actions and applying it to your life on your own standing there. So I'm telling you what, right now, you need to start checking yourself and to see how your accountability is going. All right? So then you know the story. He goes on down through the story, and then you know everybody did, and he said, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The next one, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then the one guy said, I didn't know what to do. I just hit it over here, put it in the ground. I didn't know what to do. And he said, man, out of your own mouth be judged, and he didn't end too well with him. Okay? So, here we go. Now I'm going to tell you what I believe God's about to do. All right? So go look over in, in verse 1, same chapter. Luke 19, verse 1. I was reading this story, and it just leapt off of here to me, and I just started laughing. I said, I've been, because I've been praying, I said, Lord, what does it look like? What does it look like? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing, you know? Because I, honestly with you, you know, I, I, I grew up in a Methodist church. My wife was a Baptist. Then I got into non-denominational church, and then I went over kind of Pentecostal, looking at some of the things going on over there. And so I got a wide variety of options in me, all right? And I, God can only, when I think about what, is it, what, what does a revival look like, then you, I go into the memory banks of my mind, my files of what I've ever seen or read about or heard, right? And then I try to see how, what is it? Is it going to look like this? Is it going to look like that? Is it going to look this way? Is it going to look that way? How's it going to look, Lord? And the Lord keeps telling me, it's going to be like something you've never seen. So I'm like, well then, how do I know it? Here's what he showed me. I'm in Luke 19, 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there, were, there was a man named there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him, and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste, he came down, and he received him joyfully. But when he saw it, they all complained, saying, He is gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, 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 I've given half of my goods to the poor, 
And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusations, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Okay? So now I want you to just put yourself in that position. I want you to think about Zacchaeus for just a minute. Since he was a rich man, he was a tax collector. So nobody liked the tax collector. And then he was wealthy on top of that. So he hears about Jesus coming into town. Now follow me here. And he he sees a crowd, but he's, he's short, so he can't see over the crowd and see Jesus. So this wealthy man runs down the road, probably had on good clothes. I don't imagine he had time to run to the house and get on tree climbing clothes. He runs in his good robe, good clothes, whatever, climbs up a sycamore tree. And he's laying up there in the sycamore tree looking down the road. The wealthy man. Jesus walking by, and he looks up. and says, I want to go eat at your house. You know why? Because he saw something in Zacchaeus, which is what's going to start taking place in the move of God here. Something was happening in that man's heart that so made him so hungry for Jesus that he was willing to look like a fool climbing up a tree. The first thing about the move of God you're going to start to see is the heart of man is going to start to change. God is going to do it. It's not going to be my dog and pony show going on here. It's going to be the Holy Spirit touching the hearts of men, and you're going to start to find people out there that are starting to be hungry for God, and they're going to start asking you questions. They're going to start to say, well, you know, there's a lot of crazy things going on. You know, what, what, do, what do you believe? What do, what's going on? What, you know, and, and you're, going to start to, you're going to get to be that evangelist. Because the first step in the move of God is man's hearts are going to change by the Spirit of God. Okay? The second thing is, is there's going to be a hunger in people. Do you realize how hungry for Jesus Zacchaeus must have been to do what he did, to climb up a tree, look like a fool, all of this kind of stuff? He was hungry for God. Listen to me, folks. People have not been, why? We've not been hungry for God because we've had drive-in church. It's been so easy. We've had the best of everything. The best of preachers, the best of churches, the best of conferences, the best of music, the best of everything's just been laid out to the Christian people. And Christian people just gotten fat, fat-eared, fat-hearted. We've not been hungry. Where there's countries right now where people tear off just a page of the Bible, and if they get just a page, they're so happy. And we can go anywhere and buy a Bible. We're looking at different translations. Oh, we don't want the leather edition. I want the leather edition with a little rose on it. I wanted one that was pink. I wanted one that was gray. I wanted one that was black. I wanted one that had large print, small print, thin line, whatever. Do you realize that? We're sitting here so fat in America with any Bible you could dream of, the cowboy Bible, the battle Bible. Yet other countries are starving for the word, starving for a Bible, starving for anything that has any Christian material. And Americans have got to start getting hungry for God again, start getting to fill up churches, start getting to say, I don't care what COVID says, I'm I'm going to church. I want to go to church, start demanding pastors to open up their doors. People have got to start to get so hungry for God, man, that that, that they'll do anything in the world to get to church. They'll do anything to get together with the body of Christ, to get there and have fellowship, to get together and have a Bible study, to get together and read their Bibles. Got to get hungry for God. Listen, you you can right now, just stop watching any news, okay? Because it's all—it's not true. You're not going to get the truth from it. It's just going to—it's a—it's a—it's—it's. It's, you might as well pull up a demon right to you and let them speak in your ear, okay? Just quit doing it. And the time that you would have listened to that, just read your Bible more, and you're going to be more happy, more blessed. Everything's going to be better for you. Why do you want to watch a TV? Why do you want to watch a TV show? You just get mad. And he said, well, I'm just going to watch some old show that, you know, made back in the, you know, whatever, 50s. Well, then you got to watch the commercial. And the commercial's about every holy mackerel. I mean, I, I, I've gone in there and, and the TV would be on and, the, and there'd be a commercial. I was like, what? Anyway, you got to get hungry for God. That's what's the next thing you're going to see. First, there's going to be hearts that are going to change and they're going to get to be hungry for God. Then... 
The third thing is going to happen is no obstacle is going to stand in the way. You're going to start to see people doing wild things to get in the presence of God. I'm not talking about freaky things. I'm talking about no obstacle can stop them. Let me ask you this morning, if you'd had to walk to church, would you just left the house really early? To what? Talking about I live 20 miles. I ain't. What if you had to ride a horse? Beats walking. My point is, is we've been so convenienced. Well, I didn't go to church. My air conditioner broke. Might have sweated going to church. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just saying this is the move of God. People are going to get so hungry for God. They're going to come to church. They're going to get into the presence of God no matter what. There's going to be no obstacle that stops them. They don't care what anybody's thinking. They do not care because the fourth one is, is they're humbled. They don't care. They don't care about the opinion of man. They don't care what's going on. They just want to get into church. They just want to get into the presence of God. They just want to see Jesus. They just want to know his word. They don't care. Somebody says, what are you, some kind of Jesus freak? Yeah. Because they're going to want to get in there. They're going to want to have fellowship with the Lord. And nothing is going to stop them. This is what's coming. I don't know if the Lord's using all of this. Well, of course he's using it, but I don't know if it's like his plan, the way he's doing it, because I know he sits in the heaven and laughs, the Bible says, at what the nations are raging against. So I know that he's up there going, (laughs) you're really going to do that. But through all the, the shaking amongst people, folks, listen to me. I just really believe with all of my heart, you're going to see the move of God, and he's going to be using this. All right? The fifth thing is, is if you notice what happened here, he says, Jesus didn't say anything to him. You don't see anywhere in here where Jesus preached to him. He's just sitting in his house, and Zacchaeus just jumps up and says, Lord, Lord, I'm going to give half my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anybody by false accusations, I'm going to restore fourfold. Who told him that? Who, who said that to him? Nothing but the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He just jumps up. I'm going to give everything to the poor. If I've stolen anything, I'm going to give back fourfold. Why? He's convicted. He's just sitting there in the presence of Jesus, and it's getting convicted. Ooh, 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 I love it. The Lord didn't even have to preach some hellfire message. You know, I'm telling you, you're going to burn in hell. He's like sweating, you know, got the heat turned up. No, he's just sitting there eating, and he gets convicted. Folks, listen to me. We don't have any convictions. Well, listen to me. If you can do what people are doing right now, and they don't have any convictions, they obviously do not have God in their lives, okay? You cannot do what's taking place in the world today. You cannot kill babies if you have any conviction. I'm telling you, and I'm just going to say this out. Because I don't know what the truth is. But if we find out, and I pray it's exposed, we find out that the coronavirus was engineered by man, loosed on the earth to control the American population, to win the election, I say whoever is behind that, those people have got no heart, no anything. To kill people, hurt people, abuse people, do something like that. I can't, I can't even gather and fathom that wickedness. But yet I know there's a million. I mean, how do, you, how do you take six million Jews and kill them? So wickedness has always been around. But to me, it's hard for me to understand that. But the next thing that's going to happen is people are going to be convicted of sin. Okay, so their hearts are going to change. They're going to get hungry. There's going to be no obstacles that stand in their way. They're going to be humble. They don't care what it looks like. They don't care what anybody thinks. They don't care what the denomination. They're you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'm you know, we're at High Church. No, we're over here. No, we don't go to that church. No, 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 none of that's going to take place. It's all everybody's humbled and they're and then there's going to be a revelation of sin. People are going to just get convicted of the sin because it's the Holy Ghost. The seventh thing is. The seventh thing is. Is that. Look what he started doing. He wasn't just convicted of his sin. He didn't say, Lord, I'm not going to steal anymore. He said, I'm not going to steal anymore. And everybody that I've stolen from, I'm going to give them back four times. In other words, there was a restoration. Because truly there is no repentance without restoration. You can say, oh, yeah, I forgive you. But when there's really restoration, then that's true forgiveness. 
But then not only is that, the next thing you're going to see is they're going, to re- they're going to be convicted of their sin, but then they're going to be willing to restore. All right? All the Holy Ghost is doing it. The Holy Ghost is doing it. Man's not doing it. The Holy Ghost is doing it. And then the last thing you're going to see is, he says, today salvation has come to you. The, the, the eighth thing you're going to see is you're going to start to see people getting saved Listen to me. You're going to start to see people getting saved before they go to church. So, oh, now, preacher, you got to give that altar call. You got to get them up to the front. Get a little heat on them, you know. Get them up there. If you're going to really get upset. You're going to start to see people getting saved because of a dream they had the night. You're going to start to see people turning to Jesus, come say, look, I don't know what happened to me last night. I, 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 I just I, I started crying out for Jesus, and, and he came in and touched me. I, I, I'm, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away and I've been born again. Are y'all with me? People are going to start getting saved. Do you know already in the Muslim world, in the Muslim world, it's, it's, it happens all the time. There's testimony after testimony after testimony in the Muslim world that Muslims are being saved by literally having visions, by Jesus appearing to them, and they're giving their hearts to Jesus and getting saved. And there ain't no church. There ain't no preacher involved. There ain't no altar call going, taking place. You see, folks, we've got to give God a bigger, wider path than what we have limited to him. He's got to, it can't be limited to this, this. What church is going to become is the, re, the, the re-energizing and the recharging of the army of God to go out and to start helping and gathering the fruit of all what the Holy Spirit's doing out there. That's what's going to happen. So when your friend calls you up and says, man, I had a weird experience last night, had a dream. You need to stop and say, well, what did you dream? You know, well, there was this, there was this big pit and there's fire all in it. And I was being barbecued on it. <laughs> you got to have a little humor, right? <laughs> I, mean, you know. I mean, if they're telling you that, don't laugh. Just wait to the punchline and say, yeah, well, do you want to be barbecued? You're going to see it happen, church. I don't want you to be discouraged today. I believe with all of my heart. Listen to me. I believe with all of my heart that God is working a work, and I believe the darkness is going to be exposed. Okay? I believe that. And uh, I believe we're about to see uh, a shaking coming. God is about to rise. We're going to see an Acts 16.25 take place where the whole jail cell is shaken. Everybody got saved. That's what's about to happen. I'm telling you, stop listening to the news. Don't do it. There's nothing on there any good. Don't do it. If you have a news feed that's giving you something that's not tied in with any of the major networks, then that's one thing. But do not listen to the garbage coming out of the major networks. Do not go into this because the next spill that's coming around here is why is going to be a shaming upon us. Why don't you accept this? Why don't you see this is what's been done? Oh, you're such fascist, racist, horrible people because you're not accepting what's being, what's being done. Uh, President Trump, he needs to leave the White House. Have you noticed that the tr- President Trump, he needs to leave the White House now? And I'm like, <clears throat> excuse me? You're still in office, you idiots. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just stupid. I mean, anybody should know that's just stupid. He needs to give his concession speech. He needs to know this, this, and the other. And I'm like, you talking about who are you who who you know put you in charge you're just a stupid newscaster we've gone into a place and i'll just say this and i'll quit we've gone into a place where we have let actors and newscasters who get paid money think that they're in some kind of entitled elite position that they're so much smarter than the rest of us and they're stupid actors so what do you have what do you yeah what do you, what is your prerequisite? You've got to be able to act. You know what I mean? You've got any knowledge. You just have to be able to convince people that you do. Okay, so quit listening to it. Read your word. Draw close to God. Check your own relationship with Jesus. Look into your own heart and say, and know that you're right with God. And now press more than you've ever pressed into prayer for this nation, that the darkness is going to be revealed, that God's hand is going to move, 
that you're going to, what I just preached to you this morning, there is going to be a move of God. The Holy Spirit's going to have free reign. Okay? That pastors will start to preach. Quit tippy-toeing around. Preach the truth. All right? And then find peace. So I don't know how to find peace. Well, if it's sitting on your porch, in your rocking chair, holding your gun, petting your dog, and rock back and forth and say, thank you, Jesus, you're in charge. Thank you, Jesus, you're in charge. If that brings you peace, then go do it. You know, go do it, church. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're the kind that likes to, you know, do something different, go do that. But I'm telling you, you've got to draw near to God right now. And we've got to stand strong because this is a serious thing. This is not just about, oh gosh, it looks like we're going to be a little liberal now. No, it's not. It's the end of America. Okay? All right. So encourage people. Encourage those around you. Go tell them to watch the broadcast, if nothing else. Give them the directions to the YouTube feed. They leave me on there much longer. I'll find somebody else. Okay? That's our job. Start being that evangelist right now. And don't, don't let fear come out of your mouth. Are you telling me, listen to me, you, listen to me. If you, let me just put you, give you some confidence like this. If you want to, just hang around me because I'm not losing. If that makes you feel any better, just hang around me. I ain't losing. God's not forsaking me. I'm not, is, heaven's not shut. The power of God is here. We're going to walk forward. We're going to go on. We're going we're to be victorious in all of this. Amen? Amen. Well, stand to your feet. Let me have my prayer team come down. For those of you out there watching the audience today and, 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 and viewing, listen to me. If, you don't, if you're not right with Jesus, well, it's a real simple thing to do. You just need to ask him to come into your life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you'd confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, well, then he'll come right there. He'll touch you. He'll save you just like Zacchaeus. But listen to me. The power of the Holy Spirit's there for you. But you got to make the choice and you got to make the decision. If you're in this building today and you're not sure you're right with God, well, then we're here to pray with you. That's why we're here up front. They're not up here just to look pretty. They're here to pray with you. All right. If you're worried about something or something's going on or you've got financial difficulties or or whatever's taking place or maybe, you know, you know, I, I don't know. Your dog's sick. Come. They'll pray. All right. I, I, that's what we're here for. Amen. So for, for those of you out there, God bless you. I love you. Stay in there. Keep in the fight. Call upon Jesus and he will answer you. For those of you in here, join hands with the person beside you. Let me pray over you and bless you, Father, right now in Jesus' name. I pray for each and every person that's hearing this message, each and, everybody, each and every person, Lord, that they grab hold of it today, that they understand, Lord God, that they can walk in peace in the midst of the battle. But, Lord, we're in a battle, and I declare that we're going to win. I declare the victory is ours by the blood of Jesus. And so, Lord, I praise you for that. I ask you to bless each and every person. Give us wisdom. Create in us that, that heart to be a great evangelist, that, Lord, we will reach out. We will touch people. We will this, this week have opportunities to speak to more and more people. And so, Lord, I praise you for that because, Lord, we're going to become a loud voice on the face of this earth. We are no longer a silent majority. We are a loud voice preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you for it. Bless them now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. And we're here to pray for if you need anything.